Welcome to the interview part of the podcast. Who are we interviewing today, Gregoire? We're, we're not interviewing anyone. I, I travelled all the way here. But I haven't... But you, no, we don't... We don't haven't interviewed anyone at all. We, I didn't organise it. What are we doing here? Well, we're being interviewed. We're being interviewed? We don't know anything, Greg. No, 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 we sh- don't know anything. It's all being recorded. Quiet. Don't say that. We're Dan, like no. empty vessels no, no. for other people no, to sh- fill up. Dan, Dan, don't say that. They, they, Alan and Alistair, have, they've, they, they don't realise how useless we are. Let's prove it to them. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Hello, Alistair and Alan. G'day, folks. Uh, I'm Alan, and with me is Alistair. Hi, guys. This is Alistair. And who are you people, and why have you invaded our podcast? <laughs> uh, yeah. I have no idea who am I, and what am I doing here? Uh, Alistair and I, were the uh, the guys who made a game called Rise to Power, and instead of funded on Kickstarter, and the reason to get you guys onto this interview is because I'm a fan of SE2KB, uh, smart enough to know better, the Woo! podcast. That sounds like a podcast of science, comedy, and ignorance. It certainly does. <laughs> and uh, I'm such a fan of the, the podcast. Uh, not only that, but I'm just sort of generally a fan of sort of critical thinking, science, and reasoning. And uh, the idea that I had was we, uh, Alistair and I sort of came up with this sort of um, seed of a fiction. And we worked with uh, Louise Christine, who is the author of the short story. And as we were doing it, sort of a lot of these questions and sort of um, how we wanted to extend the, uh, the fiction – and, and sort of, you know, think about sort of the bigger questions about uh, the fiction. So it came about, but, you know, we wanted to sort of bounce ideas off with someone, uh, or, you know, uh, that knows a little bit more about or talk about these things um, fairly Oh, often. well, that's us. We know a lot <laughs> about We'll go find scientists. them. We'll go find them for you. No, no, we're yeah. very good. Oh, we're okay. very smart. We're professional. That sort of stuff, yes. <laughs> that's good. No, do that. Uh, we, can, we can definitely speculate about anything you like, <laughs> Alan and Alistair. No problem whatsoever. <laughs> Making things up is what we do, and then apologizing for it greatly in the next episode. That's what we also do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, essentially what I want to lead into first and foremost is the, the concept of prism, uh, which is uh, the energy source that in the fiction um, they have discovered. I, I know that is particularly dangerous to talk about energy source and sort of, um, sort of the pseudoscience behind energy in this sort of very ominous way. So oh, well, what's the, what's the what's the power source for? Imagine that we haven't read through the notes that you sent us. <laughs> I shall imagine that. Uh, it's just, oh, it's good. It's good. <laughs> um, Alistair, did you want to sort of jump in on that yet, or do you want me to? Uh, no, go ahead. That's right. No, uh, so that's uh, fine. Then... I'm, I haven't finished my beer yet. <laughs> my, my morning beer. <laughs> <laughs> so essentially. This is kind of like an ethereal energy that they've sort of discovered. So the uh, so the basis of this is the you know if thinking in sort of more real-ish science is um, okay. So how, what if we were able to harness sort of dark energy and how would that might be? Obviously, that's you know impossible. But the the idea the, at the moment at yes. the moment what's the yes. energy for? Yes, yes, yes. Can you just give us a, a rundown for the listeners who maybe don't realize what's the game actually about and what's what does the energy do in the game? Alice, you want to take that? Yeah, sure. So Rise to Power is a game set in the near distant future. So it's a progression, simulating a progression of human society's progress. And the idea that humanity's discovered a, a brand new source of energy and in the humanity's in its early stages of figuring out how to actually harness and use this energy. So um, it's called Prism is the energy. And uh, like all good 
energy forms. We're not 100% sure exactly why it works the way it does, but we know damn well that it, if you throw it in the fire, it burns really well and can boil water. Oh, so it's a substance? So it's a, well, uh, like a, it's... Like, a, like an outer space log? <laughs> <laughs> Somewhat. It's, it's, I guess humanity's not exactly sure where it's coming from. But they well, that's, a, that's a bad idea <laughs> that's then. Right. Don't touch it. It's the souls of puppies. Oh, yeah, Throw some more right. puppies in the soul furnace. Yay! So it's Yay! it's a it's a, a a energy that's being extracted from from the environment. But humanity's not exactly sure what it's where it's coming from. But it's incredibly abundant. Um, ah, okay, right. So this. This idea gives us some sort of interesting hooks later in the in the uh, evolution of this society. Um, yes. But the prism itself, it has uh, three variations, uh, green, blue, and orange, mm-hmm. and they represent different um, different energy densities and, uh, and, and output abilities, green being the, the very first style of energy that was discovered, and then blue is a is a is a refinement on the green energy and orange is a refinement again in terms of uh, energy density, uh, throughput and, and output. So if you wanted to make like a spaceship travel across the solar system and you wanted to use green energy, you'd have to have great big fuel tanks of this. But if yeah. it was orange energy, it would be a little tiny fuel tank. Yeah, that's that's pretty much spot on. Uh, Alan, I'll let you take over. Yeah. Can I also can I just point out from a game point of view? I'm very excited for the in the game that you picked green, blue, and orange. Being colorblind, I can see all those when they're together. And because <laughs> yeah. everyone would pick green, blue, and red, and I would curse you and curse you and curse you. But green, blue, and orange is really so. It's a, the game itself is colorblind friendly. Hooray! Uh, yeah, we 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 I I, I I picked that those colors because I have got an uh, like an application on the Mac that simulates colorblindness and use that as a way to try and find. Uh, sort of three sort of least confusing color sort of you know in terms of spectrum. Good man. So yeah. does it simulate colorblindness? Did you see the little pixies that tell you to kill all your friends? That's what I see too. Oh. Like <laughs> kill all your friends. No, kill all no, your no, friends. No, no. That's uh, that's a different type of blindness. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, um, I went to. <laughs> so yeah, w- with regards to the um, the, the prison energy, um, it, it's it you know when it comes down to it, it really is just a refinement process. Mm. And there is this notion that the reason why it's called prism is because the inherent color of it. Uh, so if you think of crude oil, you know, you can keep refining it until you get sort of different sort of, you know, ones used for plastic, ones for petroleum, which is clear. But um, yeah, the color process. And if you shine it through light, you know, it just comes, it naturally comes in sort of different shades of color just based on the... right. I see. Yeah, uh, okay. yeah, the 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 refinement of it. But is it tears of children? Is it based on the tears of children? Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> oh, okay. No, just, I just I'm going to keep throwing out things I think it might be that human, humanity's hiding. It's like, yay, drive your cars on the tears of children. <laughs> <laughs> so what what what's what's a use for this energy? So uh, it's really two things. It's sort of uh, like a parallel to our society at the moment, there where we're potentially having an energy crisis. But not only that, but we also have a problem in terms of the energy that we use uh, may actually be detrimental to the environment so the energy has been sort of discovered on the brink of sort of the society's sort of about to have a very disastrous event if we sort of kept going that way so the energy was sort of serendipitous you just sort of just discovered it at a certain point in time uh it's mm. it's it's sort of clean to sort of harness um so rather than say something like coal uh, fuel where it emits a lot of um, co2 and it's bad for the environment 
and with the uh, nuclear reactors, uh, let's yeah, nuclears are fine, um, obviously in today's environment. But um, thinking that you know, instead of sort except of, for the radiation, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, people and, and the, the tens of thousands, <laughs> hundreds of thousands of years of radioactive yeah, half life life yeah, that has to be buried yeah. deep below the earth and entombed in at, concrete at great that's cost. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It doesn't, or, or salt. That's what I heard recently in America. They actually they, they dig out salt mines oh. and then they put it inside and then they walk away from it because salt <laughs> in the end collapses around it and the whole thing turns into a giant salt lick that's buried deep underground and it gets crushed underground and mm. it's stuck there in an impermeable layer. Yeah. Do not lick it. Don't lick it. <laughs> yeah. You get superpowers and you don't want that. You won't get superpowers. Don't, don't lick radioactive it's things. Giant muscled deer out <laughs> in the forest. <laughs> Uh, that was a new Godzilla movie, by the way. Basically, that's... that's giant muscle yeah. deer. That's what the mu- <laughs> Basically, the mutos were giant muscle deer that were just yeah. hanging around. Um, um, okay, but can I, can I say something here, though? Yeah. For the for my, my theory on energy, not theory, my, 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 my perceptions on energy in the world right now, in, in reality, basically everything is boiling a kettle. We've talked about this before on the mm-hmm, podcast. Yeah. Everything is boiling a kettle. Uh, I mean, you burn coal, you generate heat, you boil a kettle, you, you generate, and then you spin a turbine. Mm. Or nuclear power, you split an atom, or, or you slam atoms together, you generate heat, you boil a kettle, <laughs> and then you generate spin electricity. Spin a turbine. Spin a turbine. Yes. Even, even, except for solar energy, I mean, solar heating is, 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 is boiling a kettle. Solar energy isn't. That's um, stimulating voltaic cells. Cells, yeah. So to, that's, the, that's, the, that's to create electricity th- from Directly, that. yes. That's it, a quantum mechanical thing. But basically, even geothermal, boiling a kettle, uh, Everything is basically boiling air, a kettle. Air power is, you don't need to boil, boil a kettle. kettle. You, you bypass the boiling kettle. Spin the turbine. The, basically, the world's already boiled the kettle for you. It's called wind, <laughs> and it spins the turbine. <laughs> All the water is the same thing. So energy basically comes from boiling a kettle, but, which freaks me out because you think to yourself, we've gone to space. We, um, very soon, they've said that they can join three people's genetics together and make a baby that was three people's genetics. So we're an ape that has managed to do impressive things. But the way we generate our energy society is to boil the kettle. <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's such a stupid idea. We need to move beyond that. And mm. now we get into your game, Prism. So prism isn't about boiling kettles. Well, it's it's interesting because you talked about something that we wanted to talk to um, sort of you about for a little bit now. It's the, the the notion of energy is really well to solve the problem of energy. You need to have two things. One is the the potential energy, which is the conversion of one state to the other. Um, and you know when you're talking about boiling a kettle, you're essentially just converting one type of energy source, you know, from the source into another state. Mm-hmm. Yes, yep. uh, which is in majority of our sake, you know, it's it's kinetic energy. Um, but then you've got sort of electromagnetic uh, energy as well. But mm-hmm. um, then you've got the other problem, which is well, how do you store that energy? And batteries. Yes, mm-hmm. batteries. So a 19th century technology. Yes. Hooray. So so I guess the 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 solution what Prism came to came up with is really just both those things have been solved. So um, uh, one of the things is the discovery of this energy and how to harness it into a battery of some kind and store it, and then how do you bloody use it? That's mm. the other mm. thing. Yeah. So does is, so does Prism actually in your fiction is Prism stored in batteries or is it generated in situ? It's stored in batteries, and that's uh, well in two ways. The power plant that you've got, and then this is the game where you've got your power plant and you supply the um, you've got a grid and you sort of supply energy out to different districts, that's essentially happening in situ. Mm-hmm. But then when you're talking about sort of green energy that's used for like offshore sea travel and stuff like that, that's actually then harnessed into a battery that can mm. be placed in to replace the engines. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. So um, the, the other part is, you know, in residential areas, you could either plug yourself into the grid and get supplies of energy that way, uh, and also could potentially imagine a battery that you sort of hook into the house 
and um, it has a long, long lifespan. But obviously, the power output is only enough to power a household or something like that. But you can sort of power it for sort of five, ten years. So that's right. sort of the, the the idea of it. The other part of it is uh, sort of the, the the greenness of it. So one of the things that Today, at least today's society is concerned. You know, when we're buying electric cars and Tesla, uh, yes, uh, Elon Musk. <laughs> but but the, the problem with um, thinking about carbon footprints and electric cars is that the um, the amount of sort of um, uh, pollutants that you've generated just through the making of the car itself and also the creation of the batteries. Not only that, but the energy source is coming from a pollutant source like a coal um, power plant or whatnot. So you haven't you've only just sort of um, Delegated yes. the problem elsewhere. Yeah. You haven't really solved the problem. Yeah. I've had I've had an idea. Oh, oh. I've had a great idea about how to produce energy that no one has ever thought of before. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I think some of us have talked about how you could harness the, uh, the 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 spinning energy of the Earth and just draw that energy out, but yes. what, that that would slowly slow down the Earth. It certainly would. Yes. Now you don't want to do that because then you get then you then you're watching the core. On DVD, and, that's, and, and, that's, no one wants that. and no one wants that. <laughs> no. What no you do, Alistair? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. What's your connection to the? Ooh, we'll say we'll, we'll has, save that, that for another. Yes, that has been discussed, right. and it. Not well. No, okay. no, hang on. So I'll just I... to clarify, we didn't discuss <laughs> the core of the movie. Oh, right. right. Okay. I thought maybe you wrote it or you were in it. Okay. Wasn't too sure. Every action has an equal and opposite reaction. So all over the planet. People and animals and wind are pu- putting a little bit of energy. Like as you walk in one direction, you're putting a little bit of energy back in the other direction. Yes, you are. So what you do is you hook up a, like a, an electromagnetic field that harnesses that slight wobble east and west and up and north and south of everyone pushing against the globe. <laughs> That's madness. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. On a no, subatomic level. No, it's madness. And, the, and then you could pick up that vibration and turn that into energy. Let's, 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 stop, let's, let's go with your crazy idea and turn it into something that might work. Um, yeah. <laughs> same idea, though, because you don't want to – I mean, you could base it on the, on the spin of the planet. That's definitely – but there's also a, a galactic magnetic field. The Milky Way has a magnetic field, and the the solar system is bobbing up and down every sixty three to seventy million years or so. It bobs up and down through that magnetic field, comes in and out of it. So, uh, for the plane of the magnet, uh, so plane of the of the galaxy. So maybe that's where the power is being generated from the motion of the solar system in relation to the center of the Milky Way. You're not going to use up the energy of the Milky Way very quickly. It, there's there's a there's quite a bit of Milky Way that you could be. Oh. So, but still just electricity that would just be electricity they'd just say it would, you wouldn't call hmm. it a prism you'd just say we've generated electricity right. in a new and exciting way so that, that maybe doesn't answer the question well yeah, I mean you can, I mean electricity and it doesn't oh, change so, colour oh, okay. it doesn't change colour so this has got to be an entirely new form of energy yes like potential energy or electricity or we could turn something we could turn into electricity and, it, and you need to be able to store it yes now of course Futurama had dark matter pooping from the uh, Nibelonians. Yes. So that made things very useful. They, they, they used dark matter, which was pooped out by the cute little monstrous creatures. That was, uh, that was great, but it doesn't help us. That's just black. You don't have black prism, do you? No. no. Brown, brown prism? Not at the moment. Uh, now, with this- hey, everyone, hope you're enjoying the concert, but please watch out for the brown prism. Yeah. Watch out for the brown prism. <laughs> I like that it's all these, all these 18-year-olds who just went, what are you talking about, old people? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the, the other thing I, I wanted to sort of get into is really um, something that 
uh, you guys actually have spoken about several times on the podcast, which is sort of the speculation of sort of how, if we extended our current society and you sort of posture a hundred years down the line, um, you know, what happens if society has infinite energy? What, what would that be like? Well, I mean, you've got to find the next bottleneck. Yeah. So and if you've got infinite it. power... And we're at it now, so... Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, no, no. If you've got infinite power, or you know, as much power as you ever wanted, then, then there's got to be a different bottleneck, which is what we discussed in the podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure... There's a while ago we discussed it. I think we came down on the fact that the next bottleneck is human stupidity. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like, people just aren't smart enough to... Uh, to know, to better. know what to do with. We're, the problem is that we're just very silly monkeys with far too much power at our apes, fingertips. Apes. Uh, apes. Fine. So, I, well, because you, you need something that can think faster. So, you need AI. That's what I'd love to be. So, if we had unlimited <laughs> power, I think that would be amazing to begin with. I mean, it would, if it's, imagine unlimited power and, and in the sense that. Everyone could have the power they needed, but it would lead to the breakdown of society as we know mm. it. Because, because <laughs> the reason that I submit to a government, and I'm, I'm not talking conspiracy theories here, but the reason I submit to a government and pay taxes and all this sort of stuff is for protection mainly and for, for living in a society. I, I don't have the ability to protect myself from thieves and robbers, therefore I pay taxes so there's a police force and an army to protect me. That's one part of living in a society. Mm-hmm. But if I had unlimited power that I could make and do anything with, then I, I can be a citizen of one. So I think that if you, everyone had unlimited energy and the ability to do whatever they wanted to, I think our f- societies would fracture into little communes very quickly because you'd only hang out with people that you wanted to do stuff with. Yeah, but you need, you need, I mean, you need creatives to be able to come up with new ideas about stuff. Like you can maintain the status quo with as much energy as you want, but someone else has got to come up with something clever that you go, oh, I wouldn't have thought of that, and that's how I'm going to use my infinite resources now. But yes, but that's, that, that would be out there. That's, that people, would be, that people put stuff on the internet for free all the time. Imagine that on, on the world writ large. If you're talking uh, like Star Trek, you're not doing it anymore for cash. Mm. You're doing it for the kudos of doing it. You're, hi, I'm Gregoire, and I've invented a better potato peeler. I put it on the, on the super internet, and now you can download it for free and make it in your cornucopia machine with the free energy we have, and you can use it. Just, it had my name written on the side. And everyone go, wow, Greg, Gregoire, he made a potato peeler par excellence. And it, the kudos is what you get. You go around from commune to commune. And then someone I'm, copies it, and yeah. then that person's not getting the kudos, and then they sue. <laughs> well, sue what? There's mon- <laughs> they no, sue. There's they, no money. They, they, oh, yeah, good There's point. no reason to have money but they, but they But obviously, but there would be some sort of credit of, like, if I'm not getting, is it like kudos? Yes. Like, you'd need kudos to have, like tablets or kudos coins, <laughs> kudos coins. and someone's uh, stealing your excuse, kudos coins. Excuse me, I'd like some falafel, and that'll be a like two, people are still going to get thing. angry about that sort of stuff, and yeah. people are going to want justice. If you want to read a book about this, uh, there's Charles Stross many years ago wrote a brilliant novel called Singularity Sky. And in Singularity Sky, pretty much this happens. But these aliens turn up called the Carnival, and they, they land, well, they just turn up in, in, in orbit around a planet, and they go, hi, we're the aliens. Uh, tell us a story, and we'll give you whatever you like. And they just say they drop. They literally drop telephones on the planet, and you just pick up the phone because the governments are like. Well, they say to the government, the government's like, we won't tell anyone about this. We'll just make all our stuff ourselves. And the aliens go, no, 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 no. We want to talk to everyone. And they go, no, no, you get knocked. You get knotted. And so the aliens throw telephones out of their spaceship, and humans go and pick up the telephones from the side. Of the, it sounds silly, but it's a great idea. And go, hello. And the aliens like, tell me a cool story. Just tell me something I don't know. 
And they go, oh, okay, my name's Greg Wilde. I didn't know that. That's brilliant. You know, I lived here. That's also great. And they just gather all this information. They go, what do you want? And you go, oh, I'd like a big gun. And this big gun comes from space, like in a, in a pod, and you just get whatever you ask for. And in the end, someone works out and goes, I want the machine that you, you use to make stuff. And they go, sure. And they just throw a cornucopia machine down at the planet. And suddenly this civilization craps itself because everyone's got whatever they want. They've got unlimited power. They can be more powerful than an entire nation. They can go, I want to be the most powerful robot guy in the universe. And they get the robot power suit or whatever. So what you're telling them is your, your advice for your story is to steal everything from ca- the <laughs> no, no, no. carnival. No, 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 I'm, no, I'm not. No, I'm just saying that, that if you look at unlimited energy, I'm not saying that at all. But if you look at unlimited energy, if you could have whatever you wanted – that has been looked at very singularity sky is a good book that's just one view of it we're talking about unlimited energy not unlimited making devices we haven't necessarily made something mm. but i think unlimited energy would lead to a problem uh, so you don't in the end so you don't think that because obviously uh solving energy crisis is only one problem of many mm. uh for example mm. you know like sustainability of of food resources yes but uh, say that you know so you don't think in a more optimistic way where people will sort of use this energy as a way to say well now that we've solved this energy crisis um, we're able to actually um, explore the universe um, sort of taking the star trek rule a little bit more and say that you know we're you don't think that people will go let's let's all solve this other problem i i think that i don't think i didn't mean to sound pessimistic so that's not how i meant to come across i i don't i don't see it as a <laughs> Maybe I'm just a filthy anarchist, uh, but I don't see it as a problem that you would have a breakdown of nation states. Right. That would, that's not a problem to me. That's it, with unlimited energy. I just realized there's like, all these government agents about to swoop down and carry me off. <laughs> I, I, I have nothing against government. I'm, I'm not that person. I'm not a, like a right wing. Oh, the government's out to get my guns. I'm not that guy at all. I'm just saying that you, if you don't need it, you don't need structures in place to control you, then you don't need them. Yep. So, uh, yes, I do believe energy would lead to... Mm-hmm. Uh, a breakdown of nation states but yes people would get together and go well now we can go into space now people like elon musk mm. would say well we don't need to mine crap out of the ground we don't have to it's here it's it's cheap it's yeah. abundant we can get anywhere now and we can go away from this madness mm. and go somewhere else uh, and yes that would be a very big thing would it, would it be like a global thing i don't think so i think that individuals and groups and communes of people whatever you want to call them would band together and work on projects right in the end. But you're talking, that's why you're talking not straight away, but you're talking in the future, what society would, would evolve into yes. based on unlimited energy yes. for all. I mean, the big one would be food, as you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it would solve your energy problem would solve your food problem mm. because uh, people, there's lots of arguments for how many people the planet can so- uh, sustain. I've heard numbers as low as 4 billion, which we're way past. Yep. Uh, and I've heard numbers as big as 50 billion. Mm-hmm. And these aren't just people speculating out of nowhere. They, 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 they try and work it out as best as they can with write papers about it. I personally think the planet can sustain 7 billion people uh, if we did it properly. I think it could do it now, right mm-hmm. now, uh, if we did it properly. I think the planet could sustain more than 10 billion people, which is good because we're going to get there pretty soon. Yep. But with unlimited energy, you could start doing things like uh, seeding deserts with water. I mean, so the Sahara could just be flooded and irrigated and because uh, you have unlimited energy or cheap, mm. cheap energy. All these countries which are under the yoke of crippling debt due to terrible environmental disasters mm. or political problems wouldn't have that anymore. They'd pay it off really quickly. Well, anyway. desalinization, the big impediment there is energy to do it. Yes. And so if you've got – if you could just turn all of the world's oceans into fresh water – is a bad idea. Bad idea. Yeah. Bad idea. That's, a, that's, of, a, that's a Dr. Evil type plan. Some of the world's oceans, <laughs> just enough to keep that sea level right. 
Like, because oh, that sea level's going to rise, so nice. you suck out the top, very good. you know, very nice. couple of feet. And just suck off all the nutrients from the soil and put it back in the ocean. It's algae bloom. So, what are you doing, Dan? You're, you're a monster. So you think that there's... Okay, just... I haven't thought this through. <laughs> <laughs> so you think that these societies are doing, uh, going back to Dan's point, is that eventually everybody is coming from the right place, but eventually it's actually going to lead into disaster just, just based on human nature and... and um, just stupidity. <sighs> do you think? Um, oh, I, yeah, Dan, yeah. See, Dan, Dan's yeah. that's that's Dan's place. <laughs> I I come from a very different point of view. Dan's that Dan's the angry pessimist. Yep. No, 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 I'm no, the no, angry, no. I'm the angry. Optimist. No, 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 no. <laughs> I like humans on a personal level. Oh yes. But on a group level, I think that they're completely unpredictable and greedy and foolish. Yes. You don't like individuals. Actually <laughs> true, yes. I but don't you, deal with But you've got a, a warmth about the, about humanity the species, as a whole. The species is amazing. Our species is incredible. I mean, we have done amazing things. Even in the last th- think about the last 100 years, it's insane. My my um my great-grandfather, my, he lived in a period of time where he in South Africa, he went to school on a horse. He used to ride a horse because there weren't cars. They didn't exist. It wasn't he was poor. They didn't exist. And then before he died, he saw a human being step on the moon. Now, what a crazy period of time to live in for one man to live in. Uh, from horseback riding to spaceships. Yeah. It's insane. In, in, in one yeah. human, uh, admittedly a long lifespan, but, but still a lifespan. Uh, and so, and we don't think about it now. We kind of go, our lives aren't changing that much, but they are. I mean, right now we're recording with one man in northern Queensland, two, uh, three of us in in southern Queensland on a phone that's actually a computer that's more powerful than the computers they had on the Apollo spaceships. This is we live in an age of magic and wonder. We just are bored of it, and we are we are terrible human beings and surrounded with awful people. And surrounded with awful <laughs> people. Yeah, and, and terrible human beings. Terrible so individuals. Finally, individuals. Oh, yeah, yeah, everyone individually is terrible, but together they're great. We've talked about this on the podcast. <laughs> though. The wisdom of crowds has been shown to be better than individuals. <laughs> no, no, people talk about all oh, the madness of crowds. We, if you take a a a, a can of jelly beans. You know that you know that competition? Come and pay a dollar and, and count the jelly beans and if you get the n- right number of jelly beans you win so many dollars. In, in fairs, have yeah. you seen those before? Uh, yeah. Yep. So, and, and as you pick, you might say it's 500 and I might say it's 700 and Dan might say it's 600. The more people you get to guess, when you average them out, they get closer and closer to the correct answer. So the wisdom of crowds, if you get 200 people and they check, they can normally pick between one or two the exact number of jelly beans. So human beings as a collective, I'm taking from the, extrapolating wildly from this and saying that human beings as a collective are amazing at solving problems accurately and correctly. We're not the crazy panicky group mind that people have this funny idea. Speaking of solving problems, yes. I think I've come up with a new energy source. <laughs> oh, excellent. Phew. Okay, okay. So so we've got we've got dark matter. Yes. We think that that's out there. Yes. We've got dark energy. Yes. And dark energy, we, that is, 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 we don't really know what it is. It's a repulsive force. It's a repulsive force. Mm. It's like you, Dan. <laughs> I, <laughs> uh, oh, I'm sorry. Very, very droll, Thank very you, witty. Man. Thank you. It's a repulsive force. Perhaps it's actually much stronger than we realise, mm. but there is also dark vacuum out there, oh. which sucks negatively. <laughs> <laughs> That's just like you, Dan. <laughs> Wait, so if you're sucking Very negatively, witty. you're blowing? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Dark so blowing. Prism blows. Prism blows. That, that can be the ad campaign. And prism that, blows. And that's how you spin your turbine. Uh, that's, that's, <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. I, no, I, I quite like that idea. As in, as in, um, it's interesting. Let's talk about it on a on a scientific level, just for a second. You know, let's just go down that path. Uh, dark energy does seem to become. Uh, the further we look out, the the more uh, it seems to be working. The, the more space there is between things, the more dark energy there is between them. So it's it's a property of space itself. We think people think. So what that means is something that's close to you that's not gravitationally bound to you. So something that's a hundred light years away, uh, like a star, is is moving away from our star, moving away from us, using us as a relative point. It's moving away at a certain speed, but something that's a hundred thousand light years away from us is moving away much, much faster because of dark energy, the repulsive force of the universe. Things which are further away are moving away from us faster and faster and faster. Yeah. In, and so if, if Dan, if, jumping now to Dan's idea of... of, of, of dark of, vacuum. Of dark vacuum. If maybe, maybe that's because there's something to it when things are closer up, there is some sort of force there. I know this is madness. And, so that's not blowing, it's kind of... It's sucking inwards. It's, it's falling. Yeah, there, there is a reverse. Yeah. We'd call that gravity, of course. But maybe say on top of gravity, there's something else which stops dark energy from tearing us apart. Maybe there's another fundamental force to the universe that we don't understand yet. Because there's, there's talk about great flow. They had, they had dark matter. No, sorry. Uh, dark matter and dark energy. And for a while, then we had something called the great attractor. Everything seemed to be moving in our local group. Like all the clusters of galaxies all seemed to be moving to one point in the sky. Very, very, you know, very quickly, and we called that the the great attractor. It's beyond our uh, our sight; we can't see what it is. But there's something. Maybe it seemed to be out there that something was there. Now they think that it's just a an anomaly of of things moving. Like it's not actually something there. But that was called dark flow, right? So there was a thing called dark flow, which now dark flow is kind of being. People don't think it exists anymore. But maybe there's something else. Maybe there's a, there's a dark suck. That's, uh, that's, uh, that's uh, the and, dark and, suck. And from a narrative point of view, that's really interesting because if you start harnessing that, that dark vacuum... The dark suck. The dark suck. The dark suck. The dark suck. <laughs> um, yes. What happens is that your dark energy, which is trying to pull things apart, actually starts pulling things apart on a local level like a Michael, ba- like a Michael Bay film. <laughs> yes. well, it just starts unraveling it. But, but maybe... But also, let's look at it positively. Maybe you could use a dark suck uh, power to actually reduce... That, uh, hang on, to increase the ability of dark energy to repulse, and therefore you can make spaceships that travel just on dark energy that you know, fly away from Earth really quickly because oh, their dark, yeah. their dark suck energies are sucking the energy from the. So you put space. the you put the vac you, the dark suck at the front of the yes. vehicle and the dark en- the dark energy at the back, <laughs> yes. and then it just goes, boom, and it, it's like it's like it's like a pip from your lips, you like, like a, a watermelon like a water, spat what, out. You, 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 oh, a watermelon drive. No, we're just naming things. <laughs> okay, it's the watermelon drive. The watermelon drive. That's what it is. The watermelon. I'll tell you, well, there you go. You can have that. You put that in your face. Uh, <laughs> I still sure you'd prefer love to use the, uh, the bad news engine. Yeah. <laughs> the bad news. Oh, yes. Things travel. Bad news travels very quickly. Yes. That's very Douglas Adams. I like it. That's very, that's very nice. I think that, that, that's our idea at the moment. So why? And, and it could change color. Because we're going to get back to that, your idea, what you've already written into your fiction. So it's also color-based. So that's got something to do with electromagnetism. And that, I can make that work. I can make that work. Yep. Kind of. I think I can. Yeah. All right. So color is just the changing of a wavelength. Yep. If you look at light... Oh, I know where you're going. Yeah. If you look at light a very, very long way away, it's red-shifted because it's moving away faster and faster. And therefore, the light is attenuated. It's stretched out over a long... So the wavelength gets longer and longer and longer. And it shifts redder and redder and redder and redder. It gets turned into red. So... If you are using the dark suck engine, the dark suck, if, you, if you're using the dark suck through prism, that's why I love the idea that they went, sir, we've discovered this new energy. It's called dark suck. <laughs> we cannot call it dark suck. Get marketing in. Prism. We're calling it prism. Oh, brilliant, brilliant. Don't ever mention dark suck ever again. Okay, so shoot the man who said dark suck. Okay, it's prism. Good. 
Sir, I've discovered prison. Now shoot the man who shot that man. <laughs> and then you bury him. There's going to be no one left in this room, is there? <laughs> so what happens is when you switch on the, the prism engine, see, we've gone now, TM, prism, TM. No. Then uh, you realize now every time I play this game, because I've actually am one of the Kickstarter people, I'm just going to be calling it the dark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I play Dark Suck. So you switch on the engine and it it um it changes the, the background, the dark and it actually attenuates the yeah. light. So it's it's the the device is just white yes. and it bounces white light off it. Yes. But then you turn it on. Well, white white light is all colours of light. So it's yeah. just, it, it just brings out a certain colour of light, maybe a high a gamma ray or something like that, like a really, really blue. Like, like beyond blue. Oh, okay, super, yeah. Super blue. Remember, white is all colors, so you can't just have white light, one way. But it of changes the speed of the photons coming, yes. bouncing off it. Yes, that's right. So, and it stretches the light out, and therefore you get different colors. So, based get, on its density. Based on the density. Which is exactly what Boom! you want. We've done. Ah, high five, hey, we're yeah. high five. <laughs> uh, so, does that make sense? Yeah. Um, Oh, well, it, it makes sense as far as I could understand it. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> we got very excited. So, but yeah, it, it's look it, as long as you go dark energy, dark vacuum, no, well, dark vacuum, yeah, dark, dark vacuum changes dark energy, wavelength change. Everyone will go. You sound like you know what you're talking about. You're mumbling, but you sound like you know what you're talking about. That's good. Well, the way that we, if someone questions us, we just go ah podcast. And that's all yes. we're going to do. Yeah. Pass yeah. That. And then people will yell at And if you're, if you're listening to right now going, you're an idiot, smart enough to know better, that's fine. Come on to our podcast and tell us how much of an idiot we are. We love to hear from you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, so um, Dan, uh, <laughs> um, Greg and Dan has this segment where um, you get to write into the opposite people. Um, so if Dan gets it wrong, Greg, you, know, you can send Greg an email. and <laughs> then tell emails. Yes. Tell... <laughs> So, so um, we could just yeah, I love that segment by the way because um, there's not enough people who actually are uh, I guess um, open enough to the idea that they can be wrong. Oh, <laughs> that's what science is all about. And that's, yeah. and that's some, when we started the podcast. We we were I mean we went okay. We're not going to do things like popular culture. We're interested in science. We're going to talk about science, but we're not experts. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're just guys. And and I have a science background, and Dan has a computer background, and we still. Really fascinated in modern science, and and so, but nothing stops us talking about it. But what stops us from just goofing around is the fact we go when we're wrong, we will admit it, and when you catch us being wrong, we do the walk of shame segment, and we ask you to write in and tell us. And sometimes, as Dan will know, we disagree. Sometimes the the, the person will read in, uh, write in, and go, "Well, actually, you're wrong." And the sheer fact we got the email makes us go back and check our facts. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, a lot of the times, we're wrong. But sometimes, yeah, a lot of the a lot time. Of time, but sometimes we're not, and we go, okay, where was the mistake that that person made? And we go back and we talk about that mistake, and then everyone learns something, and, we, and, and that's the, we've all learned something, and that's the, in a fun and interesting way. And people love calling us out. <laughs> oh my goodness, people! They can't. They're like they're just like well, voracious it's the internet. wolves. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> telling someone who else is um, wrong. Actually, yeah. <laughs> yes, you'll find that you're absolutely incorrect. I mean, the only thing I get angry about is when it's based on uh, pronunciation of words. That's when I start going, yes. no. Get That's me. pronunciation of words. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway but the podcast has that has the walk of shame in it. So feel free to come on and tell us why we're wrong. We'd love to know. How far do you think that we can extend ourselves um, in the set of far reaches of space before um, our planet just simply, it's just not possible, basically? Mm. I read a, a really interesting article about this, that there is, 
if the human race keeps breeding at an exponential rate, hmm. then it's not really though. No, it's it's not. No. Like, but okay, but right. if it could, if we yeah, had yeah. all the resources, yes. and the, and we would just kept breeding at, mm. the, at the at the fastest rate that we have done, yes, and and we did it, it would happen exponentially. <laughs> um, then what what would happen is that eventually you would have to keep travelling away from Earth mm. to leave enough room and resources for everyone. Mm-hmm. But space is very much empty of lots of stuff. Mm. So there's only a finite amount of resources. So you have to keep going further and further afield to get resources as you get more and more people. And eventually you can't go away from the Earth faster than the speed of light and you literally run out of resources that you can reach yes, in order yes. to sustain the population. But that would be huge, though. That would be it trillions would be, upon trillions of people. Yeah, but it's but if it's going up exponentially, it's it could be a surprisingly it's short a, amount it's of exponential, time. Yeah, but the human population doesn't increase exponentially. The one that the one that I liked was talking about how how long it would take to populate the, the galaxy, this idea that it would take a long time, because space is big and our technology is slow. Now, the point is, is the, uh, if you go out with the technology that we had in the past, well, let's say now, and we could go and start going into space, even though with human lifetimes, if you, as long as people kept traveling and moving and colonizing, it would probably take about 10 million years to fill the galaxy. And that's not a real, that sounds like a long time, but it's, let's face it, dinosaurs have been dead for 65 million years, except for the birds, of course, which are dinosaurs, uh, well, evolved from dinosaurs. But uh, the, um, so 10 million years is not a long time mm. if we put our resources towards going into space. Uh, but it's something we'd want to actually do. And that would fill the galaxy with, with humans, that would spread humans out far and wide. Uh, but, but it seems that people haven't done that. So it's spreading out into the galaxy would be something we can do. And if we had unlimited energy, especially with Dark Suck uh, and, mm-hmm. and, and Watermelon Prism. Dives, and prism. Prism, 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 and, and watermelon drives, then, <laughs> then we could get there a lot faster. But the problem, of course, is human lifespans and human frailty. Like, we, are, we evolved to live in the bottom of a very deep uh, atmosphere, and we evolved to have a, a magnetic field above our heads and an ozone layer mm-hmm. and, and all this good stuff. Gravity, and in, in a gravity, gravity well. And, yeah, absolutely, I fall apart. And even then we get skin, get skin cancers and die. I mean, we, we're dying from cancer all the time, from natural causes, not from, from, you know, from environmental disasters and things. So to go into space, human bodies just aren't built for that in any way, shape, or form. We are so bad at, going, at, at leaving our planet. Because we, we've been here, we've evolved for like billions of years from the first things to us. Uh, so, so going into space is difficult, but it can be done. And we have to do it. We, we can't stay here because every roughly 60 million years or so, throughout 60 million? Yeah, roughly every 60 million years or so, I think that n- number may be wrong there. Ooh. Something terrible happens. Something terrible happens. Something really, really, really bad happens. It's a hundred million years. Uh, something really bad happens to the planet and 95% or 75% of all life gets wiped out. And we may be doing it right now. You've probably heard of the Anthropocene. Uh, the, the, the Anthropocene is the era of humans and we're changing our planet, which is kind of what your game is based on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the Anthropocene is, is, this, is, is the human-controlled era where we're damaging the planet and we are. I mean, yeah, you talked about it in the podcast about the notion of the, the plastic. Oh, yes. uh, so they're congealing and yeah, Plas- plastic gourmet, yeah, yeah. a plastic, plastic rock. Yeah. Uh, rock. Yeah, that's right. Isn't that isn't that terrifying that we've made a rock layer? We will make a rock layer that's only going to be built here for the, when the bees find us. We find our skeletons fossilized with our Pepsi cans. Uh, then they'll be like, "Wow, oh, they made plastic rocks." 
What were they thinking? They should have been making atmosphere. You could build a city on rock. But but isn't human all about legacy? You know, we've we've sort of just uh, you know signed the planet with our mark. <laughs> Great! <laughs> <laughs> Hooray! That's good. I'd I'd like to I'd like to actually shake the hand or the tentacle or the wing bit or the pseudopod of the creatures that come. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I don't think I, I'd rather not just have. Yeah. Like, I, I, yeah, yeah, you screwed up your planet. Like, could you imagine? Could you imagine though? This is something that worries me. If civilization collapses. So not just humans if, wiped out. If civili- when civilization, when, when civilization collapses, collapses we, well, it, it's always happened in the past, yes. But we are the first society ever to know that it's coming and to maybe to be actively stop it. make it happen, and, 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 and also actively try to stop it as well. So we, 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 we I, all bets are off now. It's no longer statistical. It's now, are we smart enough to get out of it? Not. It's not going to just randomly happen. Uh, so the. If civilization collapsed right now, like there's something happened and we lost all civilization, in two or three generations, there'd be no more. Like your kids wouldn't go to school because you'd be too busy growing yams to survive. Like you have no time for book learning when you're fighting saber-toothed tigers, uh, you know, and each other. Like not that there'd be saber-toothed tigers. Unless the, unless the apocalypse is a cachet of saber-toothed tigers suddenly <laughs> turn up, which would be the best apocalypse ever. But <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> but so all these people, so we, we, you can't pass on learning. It's very difficult. You have to have your society to do that, to pass on teaching and, and education. It's very difficult to do one-on-one because you're too busy trying to survive. So two or three generations, you've lost everything. And then you've got to build it back up. Great. It'll happen. Human beings are resourceful. We'll go back into a medieval period. We'll build everything up. The big difference this time, there will be no easily reached metals and no easily reached fuels. You can't just dig and find iron. We've got it all. Most of it's gone. You can't dig even uranium. We've got most of it, except in Queensland, where we've got lots of it. Uh, we, we can't find oil and coal easily anymore because we've got most of it. Well, not coal once again, but oil especially. It's gone. I mean, it's, it's so the next, if we dropped out of, if, if our civilization collapsed and then another civilization grew up out of the ashes, it would be in deep. Yeah, trouble. it requires a certain amount of advanced technology to actually get to this stuff. That's right. Yeah, you can't just, you can't just blow up a hill or, or dig in a hill with a pick anymore and get it out. Uh, you know, oh, I, I hit a rock and oil spurted in my face. It doesn't happen anymore like it used to. Uh, and that's my biggest fear. If, if we stumble, if we stumble at this point, in a bad way for a thousand year stumble, which on geologically is nothing. It would be a much worse stumble because we wouldn't be able to get back very quickly and very easily because we wouldn't have the resources to come back. Because in that period of time, everything would have rusted away and we would have lost a lot of our stuff, which would suck. Uh, so we don't want to stumble. Uh, but Prism, Prism would be very useful in that case to have it, the energy in your game. That would be a different kettle of fish if we could harness that. But it sounds like it would be a very, very, very technologically advanced thing to try and harness. So are we boiling a kettle of fish now? Is that going to help? <laughs> Why are we? What? We're boiling a kettle of fish? <laughs> I see. Yeah, I see. Yes. Dan's helping again. Stop helping, Dan. Fair enough. But, but uh, sorry, um, yes, does that answer your question? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not really a question. It's more of a just like posturing of what might be like, you know, in the future and um, mm. And sort of the uh, the limitations of humanity and resources, I guess. Yeah. Um, so it sounds like uh, the way to solve this is, uh, well, humans are squishy. Um, we, we sort of established that. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Brains in jars. <laughs> have you have you read uh, um, the H.P. Lovecraft? Uh, yeah. Yes. Um, the Migo. The Migo supposedly lived on Pluto, and they would travel. They, they'd send people to Pluto. They, I think they called it Ix. And the way they did that was take your head and brain and put it in a jar and send your brain in a jar across interstellar space. That's what I want to be, a brain in a jar, being carried by a giant winged monster. That's just me. Uh, that does sound nice, actually. That, that sounds, <laughs> that's restful. A brain in a jar. Well, 
Oh. We have a better solution than gross bio stuff. So let's go with the uh, the, the, the Cybermen uh, method. Oh. <laughs> so that we all just upgrade ourselves into, you know, less squishy forms. And uh, mm. we can be the jerks of the world, um, of the universe. So you know how in planets we usually see, like, you know, we've got these jerks that terraforms <laughs> our planets and take all our stuff. Well, we can be them. Yeah, we can be those jerks. <laughs> we can be those, and I think we are. We are. I think this, I've, I, I have a big feeling about this. Uh, people talk about the Fermi paradox, which is the idea of if the universe, like if life, life got started on planet Earth really quickly, like the, the planet hadn't even basically cooled, it got whacked by, you know, Theo, this giant Mars-like object, made the moon, so, and even then there was life, and that life still continued. Like life just went, we're not going nowhere, like get nicked, and it, it hung on, and we just, and we made life. Well, not we made, but life was made, and then we came into existence. So life came very early. So people's like, well, if life came so early, where is everyone? Because if you th- imagine, think of someone who's a million years ahead of us, they would be those jerks. They'd be down, coming down to, to uh, you know, to um, come down and insult us all one of the time individually by name. Douglas Adams reference again. Uh, so, but I think we're those jerks. I think that we are the first. Why the Fermi paradox works and why we can't see anyone is not because they're out there hiding from us, going, "Shh, don't tell the humans we're here." Oh God. I think we're the first ones because why not? Someone had to be the first. It's not statistically likely, mm. I admit. You know, you, you're never the most interesting person in maths. You're always like somewhere in the bell curve. But it can't, someone has to be first. And I think we're going to turn out to be those big bubble-headed aliens who walk up and go, yes, hello, we're here to tell you about stuff <laughs> and things. Also, uh, bend over. That's right. We love to probe. We want to find out more about you. We've learned a lot from the anus. And... <laughs> What can you find from the aliens? Great at nothing. We're just jerks. We are such jerks. <laughs> By the way, do you know about Dark Suck? Get away from me. I, I hope that's going to be an event card in your game now. We are such jerks. <laughs> Everyone misses a turn. <laughs> just, boom. Damn it, jerks. See, two problems solved. Problem solved, guys. <laughs> so, I'm sure you're very happy you've had this conversation this morning. I, I certainly didn't expect... Uh... Dark Suck to come out of this. No one uh, expects Dark Suck. <laughs> you, you suddenly, um, you're, just, you're in a room, bam, Dark Suck. It's like, ah. Oh. Yeah, but I really like the, uh, the, the the part about sort of the changing colors and sort of having uh, some some bit of science in there, a little bit of it. It was. No, I think so. Well, once again, it's just it's just um, attenuating light. It's just changing the wavelength of light, which if, if that's what it's doing, then that's what it's doing. I mean, it's, it's, it's the byproduct of what it does, which is, in our case, we created a new substance or a new energy which counteracts dark energy and therefore uh, mm. expansion well, of the universe. It. Harnesses it. Well, it makes sense because if the universe is stretching, if you, you think about an elastic band, I'm trying to add some more science here, an elastic band or uh, so that has elastic potential energy. So if you pull on a plastic band and let it go, you can flick it at your friend right in the eye and it really hurts them because you're trans, uh, transforming elastic potential energy into kinetic energy, which hits them in the eye, and which is funny. And if you could then, if you talk about dark energy of the universe, stretching the universe, if you can, if you can harness that energy somehow, that stretch, that, that, that um, uh, dark energy potential stretch, then you are, you, that's a lot of energy just in, embedded in space itself. So I... Uh... Uh, a lot of the stuff that you touched on um, is is something that we kind of are thinking about for our future uh, fiction. Ooh, how exciting. Oh, it's easy to say that now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, mm, really. Oh, yeah, we, we thought of this before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. good idea, guys. Yeah. yeah. Watermelon, watermelon engine, how did you come up with that? It's <laughs> off, you know, what, yeah, whatever you said, it's our idea. 
copyright, copyright, copyright. Okay, but if people are interested in hearing, if, if you found anything we actually said today even vaguely interesting from Dan and I, then please come and have a look at Smart Enough to Know Better, uh, the podcast of science, comedy, and ignorance. Dan, where can they find it? At smartenough.org, where you can click the button that subscribes you to iTunes, or Ooh. click the button that is just an RSS feed, or listen to us on Scribbler, Scribbler, Stringer, Stringer, Squisher, Stitcher, Stitcher, Stitcher. There you go. And you can find us on uh, on Twitter at SE2KB and, and Facebook at SE2KB. Yay. Slash with Facebook.com. Slash SE2KB. Slash SE2KB. Yeah, that's right. At that's slash. And, but at you should also race out and purchase when you can this amazing game, which I've never played, but I've kickstarted called Rise to Power, who's made by these very gentlemen who are talking right now. Thanks, guys. Thank you. So you can uh, <laughs> find us uh, on the website uh, ruleandmake.com. They're all in words. And uh, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook with Rule and Make. You can just search for it and uh, you'll find us. Excellent. And when's the game actually due to hit? October is when it's uh, due, sometime in October. Very exciting times. Well, we'll talk about more about that on the podcast when it comes out as well. I'll make lots of, of high pitched squealing noises <laughs> like that. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Fantastic. Thank Our you pleasure. Thank you, Thank Alan. You. Thank See you, ya. Alistair. See ya.